With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, y'all. Bayou Benders here to talk to you about the latest from our sponsors, DraftKings. Second round is in full swing, and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part is that it's free to play. DraftKings free to play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during the day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at thousands of dollars in total prizes every day of the hockey playoffs and basketball. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon. And this is fucking Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. fuck is up mason we're like fucking what 3-0 game tomorrow game day actually you guys are listening to this on monday we got a three nothing lead and um fuck can we be excited i'm super inebriated uh just keep it as white as possible but i'm fucking lit how are you bud i am sober as a nun right now I don't know how, because it hit you up early, and I'm like, dude, where you at? And you're like, I'm at the Lynx, and you played a full 18, so kudos to you for keeping your composure. Yeah, Um. after, like, a week of having to drink to get through all those Leafs-Habs games. I heard that, I heard that. I decided to tone her down a little bit, but, yeah, we were on the Lynx today. Um, fucking, let me tell you, <laughs> had the round of my life, but we'll talk about it after so we can talk about this hab first yeah let's um, get into some some have news and stuff first and then we'll get into the just the, the ignorance oh three and oh 
against the Winnipeg Jets. I can't say I saw that coming. I gotta say, um, what a fucking gutsy performance from our Habs. Once again, three goals, Carey Price gets you through it. But I think this is probably the one game we've had to rely on Price the least. I think that's fair to say. After that one nothing game we won in game two, after Toffoli scored shorthanded, Price shut out the Jets, locked it down for us, first star. Habs came out with some offense tonight, 5-1. to one. Um, The goal the Jets scored, absolutely gorgeous feed by Matthew uh, Perot. Oh, absolutely, because – Cause like there was no way something was getting past Carey Price without like a phenomenal, oh you yeah, know, like you had to do something like top NHL tier performance, because he he has been like so, how do you say it? He's just been so locked in, such a wall lately that when I saw that pass, I was like, this actually has the potential of getting past him. Yeah, and it was a fucking phenomenal play. Don't get me wrong, but my God. Should that play have been called down on that fucking <laughs> hit to Paul Byron? Oh, man. Blood out of his forehead. Dude. But uh, that's a 75 off. cents worth of fucking Heinz ketchup on his Oh, forehead. it was brutal. Like, terrible. High sticks all over that night, actually. Yeah, because it's because we're, we're speaking as Monday people. So that night, high sticks fucking everywhere. Um, seemed like they were targeting the, the blue line outrageous that night well yeah we'll uh we'll get into that but let's just give credit where it's due Corey perry in that fourth line <sighs> fucking phenomenal Memphis. eric stalls played amazing armia's played amazing the legend of gretz mia continues that man gretz cannot mia. have <laughs> he cannot have a one point night oh man that is hilarious i love that i'm gonna have He's to write that one down the multi-point man gretz mia like <laughs> that guy only has multi-point nights, but that fourth line goes to work. They get their bodies in low on the boards behind the net, and they go to town. I did not realize how phenomenal Corey Perry is behind the net, but he really like that's Gretzky, you know Gretzky's office. Maybe Gretzky has been showing him a few tricks, but yeah, just it's phenomenal. The play they had right off the start of the game to, um, you know, kind of. Hold possession in the zone. Great play by Denoe to keep it in off the neutral zone. And then they held possession, that fourth line, for about 30 seconds. Corey Perry with that wraparound beauty um, mm. to kick things off. And it was pretty smooth sailing from then on out. Um, I want to give a big highlight to Caulfield. I thought he played phenomenally tonight. Oh, he had those two chances back-to-back that was just like you can oh. tell as soon as he unlocks that that weakness, uh, high glove on fucking – Connor Hellbuck, if that's the side he chooses to play, oh, my God, that is going to be, like, lethal. You know, like, he's showing that, like, once he unlocks that, it's like it's like a cheat code. You know? If that's not Connor Hellbuck, it might not get saved. He's slicing through Jets defenders right now. Hellbuck, you know, mm-hmm. you look at, see the scoreboard, five goals. That guy's a beast. He's keeping them in games. Um, you know, six shots on the night, Caulfield said before game, I'm not the only one who thought I needed to shoot more. He continued that on a Sunday. We saw Friday. He was just putting the puck on that continually. I think he had five shots that game, six tonight. The rest of the game was definitely that fucking feed to Nick Suzuki. Mm-hmm. What a gorgeous pass on the power play for a tap-in. It was really the 
the dagger to the heart there that kind of sealed the win. Um, there's a bunch of, I think it's funny. The, there was just a bunch of plays that really stuck out to me tonight. That one, um, I think we have to give credit to Gretz Mia on that uh, shorthanded fucking beauty. And that's that's when I started screaming the Gretz Mia uh, line. Oh my God. That I don't know if they have, and tell me if you've noticed, but it was very similar to the shorty to Foley score with the, you drag it back, toe drag, shoot. And I've noticed that the Habs shooters have been toe drag shooting a lot. And I wonder if there's some sort of um, read on Hellbuck here because they've been doing it a lot this series in the three games. I noticed Byron did it right after. Um, Just kudos to the boys for trying to make it work, trying to find ways to get past. I mean, arguably me and Mason believe him to be one of the best goaltenders, if not the best goaltender in the league right now. But uh, we've seen it happen multiple times. Like there's a chance there, you know, like, that is definitely like a, a yellow zone, like a, a probability of getting past him. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think he's been a major factor for this team. I think he's kept them in every game except this one. Um, I know, I know we kind of skipped over the um, the Friday game, just obviously it was a one nothing win. It was kind of a boring um, game though. It was, <laughs> but it was a very, it was a very competitive game for it was us. A gutsy win. Gutsy yes, win. it was. Um, I think Carey Price is now, this is his second time in a row to having a one nothing shutout as for a, a franchise uh, victory. The last time it was done. Oh my God. I don't have it on anymore, but uh, previously to carry prices, 2008 uh, run, it was Gump Worsley. So think about that folks. Um, but I, I couldn't help it. I can't help but comment on it because even though it was a small, it was a very battle battle, you know, driven win to get that one nothing victory. Um, there was one play I noticed, and it was repeated a couple of times on Twitter. And as much flack as we've given Ben Sherratt this season, uh, this playoffs, he's been very well. He's been playing very, very good. But Ben Sherratt stopped arguably probably their best chance at making something and tying this game up when he went belly down and put the stick on. Um, yes. That was a very oh, what is his play. name? Anyway, that was such a tremendous move by him. Uh, I know, obviously, we ragged on him predominantly the entire regular season. His fucking power, you know, his penalty minutes was unreal. The last penalty he took was in game six of the Toronto series. So uh, I'm just kudos to Ben Sherrod have to really pull it in. Whatever type of, uh, you know, negativity that was bugging him is definitely kind of off his shoulders. And I've just been proud of his play as of late, even – even in um, Sunday's game, he was really, really phenomenal. Stepped in when needed, and um, I guess, I guess, I here's something that. How do you feel about Petrie? Do you think it's just, uh, you know, this was like a precautionary uh, take him out of the third, or do you think this could be lingering, you know, or maybe by that lasting um, into Monday's game? I think game? it's precaution, precautionary. Um, I do like the Haws are up three one, and. But the Jets are a team that, you know, they can come back at any moment. We've talked oh, about I, that. I said that on uh, Soda Pot. This is a very comeback team. They have a high-octane offense for sure. And, you know, any other team, I think that game's pretty much done. But Jets, you got to be worried. I think the game is done. I think Ducharme saw that. Um, Jets didn't look like they wanted to come back. They started throwing the body, taking the stupidest penalties I've ever seen. Dubois, I thought that was awful. Dubois had the worst. No, I think Andrew Cop topped it. 
just cross. Why are you cross checking Byron? Like, you know what? You're right. Max got away. Like, 15 cross checks to the back. Like, fuck off, man. Go to the box. Think about what you did. But yeah, I think they took out Petrie precautionary. They're playing again tomorrow. So you just want to sit the guy, rest him if you don't have to play him. I did think it was noticeable right off the bat when he wasn't there. The Mm -hmm. Jets did have some extended offensive zone time in our end. But boys battled through it, got some extra goals. Gretz Mia uh, finished it off with the uh, empty netter. So that was fucking awesome. And I do want to also give credit to Arturi Lekkinen. You know, Jake Evans has been playing phenomenally for us. Lecky had to slot in on Thursday, played very well, I thought, and then got a pretty crucial goal for us tonight. A fucking greaser, too, in front of that on his knees. And it just speaks to the depth of this team that we were able to slot in Lekkinen on that first line, and he's contribute right away. Yeah, um, I'm loving, I'm loving these gritty, you know, battle strong um, goals we've been getting as of late. Um, but Art, you know, Corey Perry, as you could say that, uh, I think the the Corey Perry goal, I love that we were actually, we're getting really more connected, pass oriented. And I know I said this on the last episode of the or the previous one, we were just kind of like missing. We were just definitely, there was a lot of missed passes, there was missed opportunities. But this game, um, I was just so impressed that we were – it was almost like this puck was on a string, you know, just tethered to each other the entire night. But uh, the arbitrary Lekkonen was definitely the statement of the night um, that we're going to grind through this fucking series, and that's what we've been doing, you know, one hard play at a time. And Lecky's goal, I screamed so fucking loud in his house because I was like, you know, one nothing is big. But I was afraid because of the previous night, and I don't want to ask you about it, uh, with the previous game, you see a one nothing victory. It scares me because this is a very hot and cold team that I'm used to. So by seeing a one nothing goal, excuse me, a one nothing victory, I'm afraid that the team's offense is, is falling, right? That we're, that we're falling back into a loop of, of a low, a low scoring team. But uh, this game definitely proved that that was just a very hard battled night and that this team still has a lot more offense to give. So when Arteri Lekkonen scored that goal, I was so fucking excited. And good for him, you know. This is definitely a guy who um, was a part of that fourth line originally in the beginning of the season, had great um, had great looks, great chances. He gets injured fucking like what, like game three, game four. Um, and um, definitely I'm just, I'm just proud of all my fourth line guys that we were like, hesitant to is this is this a guy to sit is this a guy to move on with well, with uh the kraken you know going I into the expansion i kind of want to jump in there and say like because galley actually mentioned this post game this team doesn't have a fourth line and often or not we've heard you know a lot of teams shit talk we've shit talked i think everyone in the fan base talks about oh montreal doesn't have a first line well analytically and just I think face value. I think it's just known now that Deneau line is a legit first line in the NHL. They're very effective, but we don't have a, I guess you say typical first line, but I don't think that matters when you have four second lines. Okay. And okay. I, do like, fourth, I like how that, you put that. Yeah. And that fourth line we talk about is leading all Habs players, all lines in points. They have like 18 19 points in the playoffs so far it's ridiculous um eric assist. Corey perry's been piling up points armia got two goals tonight like 
they are they're fucking phenomenal and uh just to kind of i guess um uh, bring it back um to we're talking about the jets getting kind of chippy um i just want to go back to cory perry and we talk about that line and i called it Corey, the cory perry line you know, I'll give Stahl a lot of credit. I think he's been a big influence in the locker room. We've heard the guys talk about him. But the best offseason signing, I think, you know, Toffoli, yeah, for sure. It has got to be Corey one. Perry. That is but the, the cheapest. Sec- like, oh, my God, what an addition. How was this guy not signed yet? I, I'm like – I remember being surprised when Dallas made the finals – and that Perry was team, starting to understand why this guy just gets it. He just knows how to play playoff hockey. He knows how to agitate people. We saw Kevin Bieksa did a phenomenal breakdown in the second intermission on Sportsnet, where they showed Connor Hellbuck talking in April about how much Corey Perry pisses him off because he'll elbow him in the face. He's always in his head. Whatever, right? You look at tonight, again, Perry's there in his face, hitting him with elbows, not enough to cause go like to be a penalty, but enough to rattle him. And then he scores. And I think, I think he's rattling Corey Perry. I think the Jets are getting pissed at him. We saw him in the middle of the night. <laughs> we, the other, what was it? Game one. He had, um, I can't, I don't know if it was Perot totally missed the face off and Perry's sitting on the bench. We saw Stahl was, Oh my God. Chirping the piss out of him. Yeah. Just chirping the hell out of him. And it's like, this guy has all the intangibles. You understand. I know he said it before. He has won at every single level of hockey he has played in his Mm -hmm. entire life. And it shows why he's just, he gets it. Like, I don't, I think he's invaluable. And the way the young guys have talked about him and Stahl's veteran leadership you know, oh my God, did we shit on that Eric Stahl acquisition very recently? Has it, like, Bergevin makes us all look fucking stupid. I swear to God. And I don't know, <laughs> how many times have we done this though? We think we we get sold on the Bergevin plan, we get hyped, and then it doesn't do anything. And we, we turn on him and we get mad and we're all guilty of it, us two especially. Yeah, look at three episodes ago. <laughs> and... Yes, and now and now he's just fucking like oh, and I get that it's required some luck, but I will say I think Ducharme has, like I think he's earned the job now. I think that's his job, whether you like that or not. Um, I'm not gonna call. I'm not gonna give him too much praise, but I'll take back some of my criticism of him. I think maybe I was a little too harsh. Um, I think rightfully so, but maybe a little too harsh and. I think truthfully, Berger was right though. This Bergevin literally is ride or die with his decisions, and I mean, like you said, we're definitely we've shown both sides of it, being on his side, being off his side. Um, I just talked to Sodapod, so if you guys want to listen to me, be like extremely drunk previous to recording this. Um, I was on Sodapod, great great group of guys from Minnesota. But uh, they kind of asked me the same similar question. And, and I mentioned, I was like, you know, me and Mason going into game, what, game five was like just at this point, you know, there's, no, there's no effort, clean house. 
here we are a week and a half later and we're just like living and dying just every day is a new experience you know so yeah i, I kudos, kudos to him because for some reason he has the ability to to make us love and hate him uh on <laughs> polar opposites like it's either an extreme hate or an extreme love you know uh and it's so ever-changing it's ridiculous what i will say is because one comment i made that i remember very clearly was saying it's been nine fucking years right and i right. probably said i probably that's probably the direct quote right and i i'll stand by that it has been nine fucking years so we should be seeing this okay mm-hmm. no you're right like you're absolutely right. i don't want to give him too much praise <laughs> but i I will backtrack a little bit. Eric Stahl's paying off right now. Gustafson is paying off right now. And I know we talked about it last time. The guy's fucking like, he's like Jake Gardner on the Leafs. And I noticed that tonight, like he'll make, he played very well tonight. Mm-hmm. And Ducharme showed confidence in him after game one, kept playing him, kept playing on the power play. Uh, they scored on the power play tonight. Um, which he was on. He made nice, you know, breakout passes, had good zone entry. But he almost, then the one mistake he made, he almost coughed up the puck for, with a cross crease pass right in front of Price to cause a goal. And I just think that's what you have. You have to live and die with that with Eric, Eric Gustafson, right? Like right. he he's going to help you and he's going to make plays. But oh my God, when that guy fucks up. It's big. It's it's noticeable, but so far having Carey and having Kulak, Edmondson, or whoever's playing with him has, for the most part, other than the shorthanded goal, negated that. And I think he's worked very well. Um, obviously, I want to see Romanov, uh, but I'm really hopeful he doesn't play Monday because I, you know, Jeff Petrie is. Let's not kid ourselves. If we lose Jeff Petrie. We're in a world of trouble. We, this is any, this series isn't over. No. And I think it was also Galley again, who had a great quote. He said, I've been in this league long enough to know, and I've played in this league long enough in the playoffs to know that the last game is always the hardest because teams get up backed against the wall. They've got nothing to fucking lose. They're coming they're out willing swinging. to do fucking anything. So exactly. You kind of so, saw it. You kind of saw it tonight, like um, when we were talking about, you know, the boneheaded plays. But um, what's his name? Um, Dubois hits Kulak and then turns around and takes a swipe at what? Who was that? Uh, Weber. It you was know, catches him in the chin, and he hit high. Price, and like it was just a boneheaded play. I thought it was funny getting booed in your own hometown. Fans are booing <laughs> Dubois, and one big. Oh my- Oh my, oh my, we're good. We're good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Did I miss hearing the ole ole oles in the bell center? That was awesome. The crowd, I don't think was as hyped as they were in game six against the Leafs, but they were phenomenal tonight being loud, being crazy. It seemed like more people, the bell center really is different. It's special. It is. And and I want, I want more out of the crowd, but like, I'm not going to lie. When you start hearing that, you're like, all right. This the is O-Lays. really amazing. And they I think that triggered the Jets because once that started, that's when they started being dumbasses, throw you know, causing scrums after the play. 
Um, I just love that the crowd got into it. And I guess what I, I guess we'll lead into, I think I've said pretty much everything I want to say about the game. I'm sure I've forgotten stuff, but I'm just riding a high of fucking oh. serotonin right now. Yeah, yeah. I think we all are, you know, just, um, um yeah, what, what you got? Well, I was just going to say, I guess the last thing I have to talk about in regards to that game is looking forward to the next one. Um, if you're Montreal, you want to finish this thing now, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, game four. So we've had two games without Shifley. You want to finish it at home, but you, you want to get this done in five, realistically. Um, a sweep is really hard. So if we don't, it's not the end of the world, but you want to end this game before Shifley comes back because I'm telling you, if the Jets win two in a row, elimination, and then get Mark Shifley put back in their lineup that's some fucking like that's a boost that's That's a boost to the morale and you know this we've seen against the leafs a series can change like that right it's it's wild so i think montreal has to really really grind and they got to play their best game of hockey tonight or tomorrow whatever you know what i'm saying on monday yeah (laughs) yes no uh, i completely agree with you but um no and i brought it up on soda soda pod because of course they asked about the hit I said that, you know, like, I will take it as justice if we can close it out before he gets back. You know, if he comes back one game and we close it out, I'm okay with that. But, like, as far as the Jake Evans being absent, to close it out while he's still gone is the best thing that we can do as far as, like, what Paro's gifted us with. You know, with you give us four games, if we can clinch it in four games, that's amazing. The only thing I'm afraid of is clinching a little too early you kind of saw what happened to Winnipeg. We're obviously a different team. Things can happen differently. I think we play better with the consistency of games. But maybe this little bit of rest is good for us. You see people like uh, like Thomas Tatar still not available. Um, we're yet to see what's going to happen with Petrie. Like you said, though, I I agree with you. I, I do think that even though his finger got stuck in that, that, um, that camera hole for photographers um, – I still don't think that's enough to take him out of this game. I think he's too hardened. He's too much of a hardened veteran to let that stop him from being uh, an asset to this team, especially with him being like the pike, you know, like if, if the Trident is available, he's definitely the strongest point of it, you know, the middle. Um, it's like, but we if said, we get, yeah, it's a if we work now, that yeah. there's four. <laughs> <laughs> if we get a chance to close it early, this is a great opportunity for someone like Jeff Petrie and Tatar to see his development and his recovery, you know, to give the so guys just you, a bit of a break. Did you mean Romanov when you said Petrie? No, no, I, I meant Petrie. Uh, considering what if, what if this finger is just enough? Oh, you're where saying he like can to give him a break next. Okay, I understand. Yeah. Just, yeah, not not to take him out of the game, but if we were to win Game Four, you know, Lord, Lord be with us in that. You know, burn some sage, what have you, but. Um, if we were to do that, that gives him an opportunity to really, we can find out what's wrong with his finger, um, you know, get, get a little bit more of an assessment, give him a little bit more time to go into the next series. I know I'm ahead, I'm ahead of myself, but it's really fun to think that this team that we've given up on as a fan base for the most part, a week and a half ago is now, you know, one win from going to the third round. You know, Which is crazy. To, to yeah. face in the first American to then, team. To then get lawnmowered over by 
Colorado or Vegas. There's a chance for that. There's a high expectation for that, right? Oh, let's let's but not the, kid ourselves. The, <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. The Leafs the, are good, right? Yeah, but Colorado and Vegas. Oh. Colorado is is obviously my pick, but um, they are something else right now. They're like tied, we, well, not tied, two one. We Vegas. sat here, and most of I think most of the Habs community sat here, all of media, and said. We're going to lose to the Leafs. It was expected. You should have bet on it because that was – that was. I, I thought it would be a hard-fought series. I didn't think we were going to win going into it. Obviously, as the series progressed, there was some hope. But I've, even from that point, I've known damn well that those two are di- – Leafs were good. They're, they're cup contenders. Mm-hmm. That Those teams are just – These teams are, are, are violent. Like, as we're speaking – Oh, Marcher Show just scored to make it three-one. Vegas is up in this game, potentially taking the lead in the series. So, well, no, they'll be tied in the series. I thought it was two-two already. In the no, series. it's no, two it's two-one. You're right. You're right. But yeah, greatest series of the playoffs so far. I'd have to say, really fun back and forth. Whoever wins, they're they're going to the final. Like mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. You're you're right. You're right. Montreal, like I'm not gonna say never. Say never. I'm for the boys. I think there's hope. But oh my, like if Montreal wins, we still a series. But look, even, even if this those, team is high and above us, right? If we, and I'm not even saying we're gonna get there, we still yeah, have to beat. The yeah, Jets. we still have the to Jets, take out the Jets, who very, is definitely a team that can. Con- this is a comeback team. If you witnessed anything in the first series against the Oilers, they were down more or less times than they were up. You know, it came to the end of the game for them to make a difference. Like, I like the thing is, Hellbuck hasn't stolen them a game yet. No, he hasn't. And he's played tremendous. Like, this game's these games have could have gotten out of hand, you know. But that's what I'm saying. He hasn't stolen one yet, so expect him to steal one, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's coming. It's it's coming. And I think tomorrow is going to be a huge game for him. I think the Jets are going to come. I, they're gonna come out swinging if they get a if they're gonna go for that first goal because Montreal's had it every each game, and they're gonna like it's gonna be a hard fought series. This series is so far from over. There are four more games that could be played, mm-hmm. so I don't want to look into the third round too, but just kind of saying like, you know, if we get there, it's it's yeah, up. This is this is probably the strongest. If we get to the third round, it is our definitely our biggest competition, uh, and then first. Obviously, it'll be the first team that we play that is a United States team. And um, I think they said during the intermission um, on Sunday's game that the winner of the Jets-Canadians uh, game would be the the home team going into this. So uh, I think the first two games would either be in be, Winnipeg be, or in Montreal. Team. Oh, they would be away? Yeah, right, so because basically both teams – that's what's crazy about it. it's a second round series in which the president's trophy winning team and the second place team are playing each other. Mm-hmm. Whoever comes out of that has home ice advantage. Right. It's uh it's definitely wild. And then um fuck, I don't even want to talk more about it because this is definitely topics we can go into, you know, like a, a future episode, maybe Wednesday if we if we really fucking lock this thing in. But um to be Canada's team, it's Sounds oh, amazing. We we were Canada's team <laughs> when we beat, we beat the Leafs. <laughs> Fucking right, we were. Um, but anyway, yes, yeah, so that's all. I think that's probably it for hockey. I, you know what? One one more thing. I was yeah? so excited to see 
that uh, Guy Lafleur, despite his you know his his long cancer battle, was at the game. Not only him, but Rajon Uel and Ivan Coroni. Yeah, they said they said it right, and I was like, oh my god, I need to listen to how they say it. And then I yeah, I, 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 don't I took remember. that one for you, buddy, because I figured you'd much more than I would. <laughs> oh shit! I, I'm staring at a poster of him. I have on my wall actually, and I still can't say his name, but. Yeah, you're right. That was that was pretty touching. That was tremendous. When I saw that in the first period, I was like, like, you definitely now have a mental edge going into this. Like you have legends in the stands. You know, don't not just prove it to yourselves, but like, come on, dude. Like, all you need now is fucking Larry Robinson's in the building. You know, like, like let's get this thing going. Like, let's win it for the fucking, you know, the Hall of Famers. But yeah, exactly. uh, I saw that and I was I was so happy to see uh flowers back in the back in the stands you know even even with a mask you know so be it <laughs> for sure but uh that'll kind of conclude hockey talk so like we kind of we've we've gotten better we're not going to do our bullshit at the start but uh <laughs> how you been buddy you know you said you had an interesting day you were fucking slamming them back oh man and uh, uh, i just want to know what what have you been up to since recorded Okay, so um, so because of COVID, I didn't we didn't have a um, a ten year anniversary from my high school. You know they they closed okay. they they took away our opportunity to have a ten year <clears throat> anniversary um, in twenty twenty. So we had ours Friday during our one nothing victory. So not only did I get fucking absolutely just wrecked from seven to four a.m. I was running inside the bar to check the game. And yes, I gave the, the bartender a sweet $5 bill to keep it on USA instead of, uh, instead <laughs> of the NBA playoffs. <laughs> so, um, I had a, had a nice tab rung up, but, uh, since that day, I've been since Friday, we're recording on Sunday. I've been, uh, in and out of a, a drunken haze. Uh, <laughs> I've been waking up hella late and just continuing it so I don't feel the hangovers just yet. Maybe I'll and feel it Monday, that. but I probably won't because I'll get lit as fuck Monday today because there's a chance, you know, there's a chance we could move on. It's game day. Therefore, I got to continue. So Tuesday will be my downfall. That. You'll get, yeah, the end of the week of that. The end of that week long bender is probably the worst day of your life, man. Oh, uh, uh, I was asking for I was asking asking for for golf uh, tutors uh, while I was there because I got to beat this eighteen year old co host and a fucking um, eighteen but nineteen year old co host and a fucking uh, a golf match when I get up to Canada for my first time ever. Um, fucking, I was have getting, we uh, have we talked about this on the pod? Yeah, because I don't I know am, if we have. I am, I am a short stroke master. Just got to master the long game. The long ball, as you guys say. <laughs> as you <laughs> as you guys say. The putt putt master. So well, I was actually I was on the links today. Let me have the fucking round of my life. Awesome, dude. Oh, I was fucking just diamond it off the top nine, feeling good, hitting pars, hitting bogeys, not doubling anything, just kind of like cruising. And then I ran into a problem, okay? Okay, I'm listening. So, for those of you who don't golf, for those of you who do, you know exactly what I'm fucking talking about. Um, I'm a righty. So, 
righties off the drive, they always slice right, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but unfortunately, I'm fucking a freak of nature. I fucking hook literally everything. Irons, putter, driver. I hook everything left. So when I drive, I play, I play right, right, hook it left every single time. Like consistent, it's the same hook. So it's not a big deal because like it's consistent and I know how to play it. Well, I just got a new driver and this thing, it's a fucking Callaway. Uh-huh. Cost me like 500 bucks. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Is it dime the ball though? It's so forgiving. <laughs> I can hit this thing on like the fucking like edge. Like I can almost top it and it'll still fucking go 230 wow. yards. It's fucking crazy. But the problem is I've gotten so it's helped me so much. My swing has gotten so much better. So I only started golfing last year that i don't fucking hook it every time now and this suddenly in the middle of golf where I'm, I'm playing phenomenally i just stopped hooking so we get up to the 11th hole it's like a dead straight like the most drivable hole ever par four it's like 350 and i, I tee it up and i'm like you know, when it's like straight, you're just swinging for the fucking fences. Mm -hmm. So I'm aiming right because I always go left and I just fucking hammer it straight to where I'm aiming right over the trees onto another green. I'm like, oh, <laughs> ah, that was fucking weird. Oh, the next hole par for the exact same fucking thing. I'm like, what is happening? So we get to... 13th was a par three. You get to the 14th and I'm like, fuck it. Okay. Well, I'm going straight straight. Wouldn't you fucking know the one time I aim straight fucking the hook magically appears fucking diamond almost hit someone on the cart path. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? <sighs> I keep saving myself because I, I, my short game on. So I'm still like, I'm still playing good. But these, I've just got this new driver. I won't crush it. So I'm like, okay, okay, I'll play the hook again. 15th, par five. It's uh, 470. So you're just launching it. Fucking go back. To, and then now I'm magically hitting it straight again. I don't know what's wrong with me. I think I might need a swing coach, but it sounds ridiculous to say. Like, it's swing has gotten better so that I'm not consistently hooking it anymore, but it's like throwing off my game. So if we have anyone who's like an avid golfer who listens to us, if you could give me a shout on Twitter, like what the fuck am I doing wrong? I don't, I don't understand what to do with this. I don't know what to do with myself at this point. Well, dude, I hope, I hope someone reaches out to you. Cause that sounds like, uh, you know, what, what, what type of is, what, what type of fucking club is this? It's a, it's a Callaway. So Callaway clubs are Strata. Mm -hmm. um, fuck, I, I don't even remember what the driver is. This thing sounds like it's got like a, a, a mind of its own almost. Like, well, it's it's like the, it's phenomenal. Like I've been I've been using it all season, mm -hmm. and, and I don't know. It's just weird. It's like I've gotten better and starts like starts fucking hooking. But uh, let me tell you, this course I played first time I've. 18 here it's like five minutes from my house um 
How sick I, is that? Oh, gorgeous, too. My buddy books it, and it's fucking, but he's a moral. Booked it for <laughs> 12, 12.30 on oh, a Sunday. Shit. 12.30 on a Sunday. So golfing, there's actually like, there's prime time for golfing. Mm-hmm. So they'll, char- they'll charge you more. Yeah, yeah, that's on the twelve twelve thirty on a Sunday. It's like we get the tab fucking finally finishes. I'm fucking paying seventy fucking dollars for eighteen hole of golf. I was like, Are you fucking kidding, boy? But you know what? I heard uh I saw a lot of people on Twitter Sunday talking about how nice the weather was. So how, how, I'm guessing it was a really nice day for you too as well, huh? Well, that was today, yeah. Yeah. So but yeah, it was fucking gorgeous. It was like twenty seven degrees out, not a cloud in the sky. But we took our um, <laughs> so me and my buddy we shoot like, shoot like, I see I'm not good yet, but I'm I only started last year, so I shoot like 98, 90, 98 on a good like, pretty averagely maybe ninety eight hundred shot uh ninety four today, so it was a good round for me. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's gotten a lot better. He shot like shot like 87. He's around 95, 96. So we're like decent. Like we're not good, but we're like I can play. But I mean, you're saying that this is this is only one year in. So oh yeah, like uh, but we're nuts. Like I've spent way too much money. Yeah, you've you've got you've you've gotten hooked. You got the fever. Uh, yeah, my hook hooked me. I just <laughs> and but we bring so we fucking bring our two buddies who are like 120, 125 golfers. <laughs> and we're on the 10th hole. It's this little, little fucking par three. And you, ch- you chip it. It's like 95 yards off the tee. But it's an island surrounded in water. So you chip it on and then you can usually easy putt for a birdie or par, right? In the middle of this, like, keep in mind, like, $74 to golf here. Like, it's a fucking nice course. Like, the people are fucking posh. They're, like, kind of stuck up. Like, it's a nice place. Mm. Oh, my God. We're putting. And this fucking guy, E.T., we call him. He is the most frugal person I've ever met in my entire life. And you'll see why. So, he's he golfs with, like... A $25 set he got from Play It Again. Nice. I love yeah. it. Yeah. He's one of those. And naturally, when you're, you know, on an island, on a golf course, <laughs> there's a lot of balls in the water. I'm fucking putting for par. And I see out of the corner of my eye, this guy's got a fucking 10-foot ball finder sitting at the end. <laughs> Picking out every single ball. Oh my god! Ten minutes. This guy, we're like, dude, like we gotta go. Like, there's people watching us. <laughs> we can. We're like, fuck you. We're oh, leaving. Man. We drive both cards up. Five minutes later, we've all teed off on the next hole. He comes toddling down with his fucking ten foot ball finder. He's got like, <laughs> no word of a lie. He's got like. 12, 14 fucking balls he's fished out of the water. <laughs> They're all fucking muddy. I, I've never been so goddamn embarrassed in my, my entire life, but it was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're really doing this. And you know what he said? He goes, 
74 fucking dollars for a round of golf. I'm getting my fucking money's worth. Oh, dude, dude, saying. what a true. That's a true fan. I salute that man right there. <laughs> that is how um, I would be. I'm not gonna lie, I will pinch the penny everywhere oh, I can. He's a fucking the, a man of people for sure. But what I love about it, because at least he's from there. Like if I do it, they'll never see me again. You know, like there's a chance. <laughs> there's a chance he'll be back at that course. You know, That's if I do thing. it, it's like see y'all and whatever, however many miles it was when we figured that out. Oh. See y'all never. Like. That's the problem. Like we golf there a lot. Like the staff that work there are like people that I went to high school with. Like we we oh, know nice. people there, and he's just fucking ankles deep in the mud, <laughs> fishing out balls. My boy's got waders on. <laughs> and then he proceeded to, and here it's he proceeded to lose all of them through the next nine holes or next eight holes. <laughs> like he fucking. 14 balls and he's lost every single one so there was just no point but yeah i i have some fun fucking golf but i can't wait till you get up here we got to get around i don't know if we can record it in some way like we've got you got to figure out an intern we'll get kenny to do it shout out to kenny oh man kenny i got some kenny (laughs) golf stories too for another time but this has been a lengthy one but uh... it has been a lengthy one um, um uh, you have anything else to say are you ready to wrap this up i'm pretty ready to wrap this up unless you want me to keep rambling on about golf because you know what i'll ask you one last thing because uh I'm, I'm in between the, the vegas colorado game uh floyd mayweather and logan paul's about to fight <laughs> logan logan paul's got a fucking uh first first edition charizard on a lanyard around his neck right now holographic who Ooh, that's probably that's probably like a hundred a <laughs> hundred grand his neck for a fucking Pokemon card. Yeah, because uh, what's his name? That that rapper Logic spent roughly uh, a little bit over a hundred thousand dollars on getting a first edition. I think it was uh, one of the one of the OG Charizard cards. So it's that's pretty close. Are you asking me who I got? Yeah, who you got? I think I... <laughs> like fucking money. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like oh my god. god. I hate that we have how the I hate that we're talking about Logan Paul. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to bring that up to you. But I'm just so baffled that this is even possible. You this know is what? definitely credit. just a money money fight. Credit you know? to him. Like holy shit, you can exploit brother to fight you. Mm-hmm. But I got your hat. It doesn't matter. Oh my but god! No, the money the money line is negative a thousand for Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> Like they know exactly, you know, yeah. what's possible. But I he's mean, not, plus like, six fifty. I'm sorry. He's yeah. not gonna like phenomenal athlete. Man's he's not gonna win without fucking uh, like definitely this being a like if you if you thought the Askarov fight was rigged, this is the fight that if Floyd Mayweather loses, this is definitely a rigged well Showtime pay per view. Here's the thing. I saw a clip. He was like talking. He was talking to Mike Tyson. And well, like obviously, like I'm the underdog. But do you think like it got like a lucky hit in? And Tyson was basically like, like in his fucking. I'm not gonna replicate Mike Tyson's voice, but you can imagine. Michael Scott, it's me, Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah, like it, it doesn't. If it doesn't matter if you get a button. Cause you're not going to like, you, <laughs> you're just not like in a, in a one in a million chance. If you got a lucky shot on Floyd, 
maybe you'll knock him off. Logan Paul is big enough. I don't think he's strong enough to knock him out. He can he can knock him off of this game, maybe, but but like come on, how many fucking guys were big and young and couldn't fucking knock out Floyd? Man, it's not gonna happen, man. Floyd's just gonna. That dude is so fucking good. The only reason he's doing this is for a man who's nicknamed Money. Oh my god, he does not know how to handle it. The <laughs> money grab. It doesn't even matter. Even if Logan Paul wins, I saw something like it doesn't count towards their record. So Floyd no, no, no. This is this is literally just an exhibition style an fight ex- for money. Exhibition. This is just a funny a a money match. Like, yeah. So I guess we'll know when this comes out whether or not. Yeah, they Maybe will def- the, the listeners will definitely know and just listen to this and just be like Jesus. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but it was it was worth the mention. But an um, episode's definitely come to an end when we start talking about Logan Paul. I can't stand either one of those brothers. But um, so but yeah, let's wrap it up, folks. Thank you guys so much for listening to Habs Nightly. If you could please follow us at Habs Nightly and Bayou Benders. Um, if you guys are interested, in, if you actually, if you guys are fans of any other hockey team or just hockey in general, the Hockey Podcast Network has over 50 plus podcasts for you to find and discover and maybe find something new to like. So uh, please give them to listen to last thing. I got a shout out Mason Dixon. Uh, forgot to do it last episode. This is Mason's uh, 100th and one episode. Last episode was 100th, you know, started on his own super proud of him. And it's an amazing accomplishment to have a hundred episodes podcasting at the age of 19 under his belt uh, going into college. So kudos to my buddy, and uh, folks, once again, this has been Habs Nightly. Good night. And hopefully today we wrap up this series. We'll talk to y'all soon. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, you know what? I'm just I, I, so heated. Because of what what you're telling me, because I I do not want to live in a world <laughs> in a world where a craft dinner is the fucking substitute to a good macaroni. You're putting powder. No no no, mac macaroni, as you call it, is a substitute for candy. God. <laughs> oh my God, go to. Go to Italy. If you ask, if you ask any Canadian, would they rather have macaroni or KD? They will tell you KD is the best. It is superior. It is a fucking national treasure, and it is the greatest dish in Canada. I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country. With my co-host, Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, we've still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc Eries, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Katie is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put Um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid?
Yes, I fucking do. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great night.